0: Welcome back into the Mom Show today. If you're just finding us, we are in the podcast space as well. If you go to kslmoms.com, you can download all of our past episodes and uh, find us online there and listen. If you like podcasts like I do, you can download Stitcher or iTunes or the KSL News Radio app and just search for KSL Moms and you will find us there. We're talking with uh sex therapist today Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife. Hi Dr. Fife, how are you? All right, good. Good. Let's get into talking to our kids about sex and sexuality and doing it in a shame-free way. I am all about this right now, Um, and just in general. I just really don't ever want to make my daughter feel like there's something wrong with her in any sort of way. And so I believe that talking to our kids about sex has to happen in a shame-free situation. So I guess the big question is, how the heck do we do that? (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, right. It's a challenge. And I think because so many of us have been offered a shaming way of being in relationship to our sexuality, because as parents, we're so terrified of our kids' emerging sexuality. We're so terrified of them making decisions that are incongruent with our value system that we often try to scare them straight. Sure. And it, it's a very bad strategy <laughs> because it does what actually happens and what I am often focused on helping people achieve in adulthood or as parents with their children is to help them create sexual integrity, and that is to say an integration with your body and an integration with your values, to have those work in concert, to be aligned internally.
0: Okay. And
1: so one of the, this is not the, parents often don't like it when I say this, but it's true. I think one of the most powerful ways to shape your children's relationship to their sexuality is to be able to demonstrate integration of your sexuality yourself that is to say that what your children map about your level of comfort with your sexuality and their inherent sexuality is extremely powerful in shaping how they relate to it Mm. because they're mapping you and tracking you more than you realize it's like the words that mom won't say. What happens when a sexual image comes on the television? What do mom and dad do? Sure. You're, you're telling them a lot about how comfortable you are navigating uh, a, a sexualized world and what your values are and um, how integrated you are with this aspect of being human. So, so the work you do within yourself is very important. It's very valuable, and it shapes your kids. mm um, the second thing I would say in the more explicit sense is I think to be openly celebratory of the body and as sec- and of sexuality as divine gifts, as really as blessed realities, mm. because they are, um, you know, that I think if you give the message that the body is a wonderful and beautiful thing mm. – and that sexuality at least has the potential to be a wonderful and beautiful thing. Mm. And that they're, they're good gifts to us. Sure. I think that being able to see that, that a parent feels that way, and it's okay for the child to be curious about their own body, but that the body isn't bad. Mm. There's nothing bad about the body, and there's nothing bad about sexuality. Yeah, that's... That we can use those things in bad ways. Sure. We can use the body and our sexuality to do harm to ourselves or others, clearly. Because the the next message I think is important is to talk to our children about the fact that sexuality is a powerful currency. Mm. It's a powerful way of being in relationship to ourselves and to others. And so being discerning with it is important.
0: Mm. I guess I want to debunk this myth, if it's a myth or not. So the argument you hear a lot is if I talk about it, that's going to make them want to go and do it. Right. If, oh, if, if yeah, I talk right. about it, then they're going to be curious and they're going to go act those out. Is that a myth no, or
1: completely a myth? Okay. <laughs> completely a myth because you're not talking about it is sending a message. And mm. the message it's sending is mom or dad is not a resource on this issue. Okay. Right. The message is mom and dad can't handle this. Mm. So that means either that what I'm experiencing inside of me is bad or overwhelming to them, or shameful, Mm. or that they just can't be trusted as a resource, and I'll go to other resources online with peers. You know what I'm saying? When you take yourself out of that equation, you are taking a very powerful part of being human and leaving kids on their own around it. Sure. And so I'm very encouraging of people being good mentors to their children and their emerging sexuality, and at different stages, that's going to mean different things for how parents relate to their children.
0: We're talking with Dr. Jennifer Finlayson-Fyfe, Fife, is a uh, sex therapist. Now, does it have to be a sit-down birds and the bees talk necessarily, or do you kind of more recommend creating this culture that we've sort of been talking about, this in open environment that allows for teaching moments and kind of creating the environment more so than a, all right, it's time to have the talk?
1: Yes, absolutely the latter, which is to say that, You want your kids to track that you are comfortable enough with this um, reality that you can be a meaningful resource to them in the way that they need it. You know, I think that my kids track that I am comfortable with this topic. Mm. And even though they're teenagers, they will come and ask me questions because they know it won't overwhelm me. Mm. Now, sometimes it overwhelms them a little where they're like, you know, it's that parent-child boundary Yeah. you know they, <laughs> they, you know, which is normal. But they also trust that I can give them straight and direct responses, and that's really important because it's such powerful information and such powerful um, reality that you really don't want to take yourself out of the equation. Yeah, and so that, it is about an ongoing conversation throughout life.
0: And that kind of begs my ne- next question, though: Is it about? how we say things, because obviously we want age appropriate, you know, terminology and like, am I going to scar my kid for life if I talk to them too much about too much too soon? Like, is it a matter of how we say it or simply that we do?
1: Well, it's, a, it's a, probably a little bit of both. I would say, again, it's, if we're giving them too much too fast, then you have to think about why am I doing that? Is it because I'm so anxious? And they've been tracking that I'm anxious, mm. meaning it's more about that I'm, a, as a parent, clear about what it is I want to offer to my child. And then I can map where my child is and what it is that they need from me. If you're doing that, you'll do it imperfectly, but you'll do it very, very well. You'll give them what they need. But I think if you're sort of open to how do I offer to my child the embracing of their body, the acceptance of their inherent sexuality, and how to point them in the direction of understanding that this is a good and powerful part of themselves and that how they relate to it and relate to others with it really matters. That's the core message, and how do I give it at different stages?
0: Can you just come talk to my kids about sex, Dr. <laughs> Fife? <Would> that- <laughs> do you get that request often? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love yeah. it. We're talking with Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Five. She is a sex therapist. And uh, okay, uh, your last point, I kind of want to dive into that. Sort of age-appropriate ways to talk to our children, because obviously you're going to talk to a two-year-old differently than you're going to talk to a teenager. So, and we know that, but there are some steps along the way. So we'll get into a little more of that coming back on the Mom Show. Back inside the Mom Show, dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. All right, welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. We've been having a lovely discussion today about um, sexuality and talking to our kids, specifically, is what we're talking about right now. Talking to our kids about sex, what it looks like. It's it can be really overwhelming. So on the line, uh, Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife, who is a sex therapist. Hi, Dr. Fife. How are you? Hi. Good. Thank you so much for being here. Um, okay, so we've sort of established that having an open dialogue, an open um, environment surrounding, um, like when you see messages on TV or you hear something on the radio, how mom and dad are reacting to that kind of sends the message to your children Children, how you feel about um, sex and sexuality. And having that as sort of the framework then, there are ways we can kind of age appropriately teach different aspects. So I want to obviously just start with the youngest kids. I have a two-year-old right now, and so right now we're just working on body parts, right? You have an yeah. elbow, you have a head, and you have other body parts as well. And we we try to use anatomically correct names. Is there anything else that we should be aware of at this stage?
1: Sure. I mean, I think that's great. And I think that, you know, again, what – the child maps about you, they're going to map even at age two. It's like the 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 first language for babies is the body, the
0: mm-hmm.
1: sensuality, that they get told that they are loved and lovable through the way you kiss them and touch them and hold them and celebrate them. Um, and so that's an important message that you're giving to your children is that they're worthy all the way through, mm. That they're, and that their body is – you know you celebrate you're kissing the rolls of fat you know yeah <laughs> at least if you're like me as a parent you're <laughs> like kissing them constantly right <laughs> yep and um and so that's a very important message as they start to get you know older you know two and three and four they become curious about their bodies and sure. exploring their bodies in a very normal and important way and they're trying to make sense of it and they're trying to make sense of the fact that it feels good mm-hmm. and they're not doing anything wrong. And when a parent reacts with fear and anxiety about that, it's sending a message that the body is good except for some parts, mm. uh, that this is somehow scary, this is somehow bad. That, And that's powerful. It starts to... Um, pressure, a kind of disintegration, a kind of non-integration of the body. Sure. And I think people that are the most capable of happy, healthy marital sexuality or committed sexuality are people that have been able to really integrate this part of being human. And so at those very early ages, if you have a parent who is not afraid of you knowing your own body, is not afraid of her sexual anatomical parts, if that's what they can understand you have started this process of them being able to really celebrate their body as goodness in its entirety. Um, You start teaching kids about privacy. They start feeling the need for greater privacy as they start moving towards pre-adolescence, like age six, seven, eight. They're going to start giving signals about wanting more um, privacy from you. And the more you – So I think there's a really important message that parents need to give to their children is that their body belongs to them, that this is a gift from God, from the universe to them, Mm -hmm. and that it's um, self-respecting to be protective of their bodies. Mm -hmm. And they get to decide who touches and kisses and hugs them. And so as a child is naturally starting to set more boundaries with you, to really offer that respect to them is a powerful message. Mm.
0: We're talking with Dr. Jennifer finlayson fife sex therapist, uh, and sort of moving through different stages of children's developing sexuality. So we're kind of up to the preteen stage.
1: So I think, that the pre-adolescent phase is a very important phase. It's a time when your child is still really dependent on you and is still really looking to you as a resource, and they're sort of starting to gear up for this stage of moving into deeper autonomy in adolescence. And so you want to really utilize that phase to talk to them about the specifics of sexuality, of reproduction, of what different terms are that they're going to hear in the larger culture, and to offer your values to them in a more explicit way around mm-hmm. what are your values as a family around sexuality. And this is a period where they're really going to be leaning and borrowing your point of view. And so um, if you believe in marital sexuality exclusively, is an opportunity to offer that as a value to them. Mm-hmm. Now, what I think is really important for creating sexual integration is that you're really being explicit that sexuality is a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. It has the potential to be an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. But how you relate to it is an expression of... uh, is important. And it needs to be an expression of respect for yourself and respect for others. And you don't want to use your sexuality to get something from other people, nor do you want to use your sexuality to get validation from other people. Mm. And so this is both important but how you relate to it is very, very important. And starting them to be thinking about it in both the frame of acceptance of this part of being human, but also that having it be aligned with good human values is important. And then as they move into adolescence, you've already kind of offered a lot of that framing they're going to start wanting more autonomy. They're not going to want the same level of involvement from you when they're adolescents, which is developmentally appropriate. Mm -hmm. But helping them to get clear about what their values are and whether or not their behavior, that they're living up to those desires, that they're living up to those values is a very important thing for being an integrated person who respects him or herself and is at peace. Yeah. And. We're often afraid to ask our children what they value and what they desire. We want to tell them what to value and what to desire. And there is some role for that. But ultimately, they're going to decide. Ultimately, their behavior is going to be an expression of that decision. And so the more that they've been able to be reflective and deliberate about it, and for you to respect that process, the more likely they are to live up to the best in themselves through their sexuality.
0: Yeah. And I just like that I I don't necessarily have to control their thoughts and opinions, but I can control the messaging, right? That's that's a big piece for me because I'm very concerned about what messages is, especially my daughter, getting from the outside world. And I can uh, not necessarily control them, but I can reframe them for her.
1: Yes. You can reframe them and you can offer another paradigm and a way of being a more discerning consumer of the messages that are out there. And let's just
0: be clear that even if your kid is a teen now, not all hope is lost, and it's still going to be okay. I like it. I like all of it. Dr. Jennifer Finlayson-Fyfe, Fife, is a sex therapist, where can people find you? I know you have online courses that couples can take, and also uh, with help, talking to your kids about sex.
1: Yes, that's right. So um, on my website, which is just my name, which is finlayson com, I have... Um, Courses that are primarily for LDS couples and individuals and parents around how to address their intimate relationship, uh, how to address for women their relationship to their sexuality and to desire, and then also one on how to talk to your LDS kids about sexuality and to um, frame these issues of values and sexual integrity
0: all great conversations. Um, And we'll link you over at kslmoms.com as well. Dr. Fife, thank you so much for being with us today. And I loved the conversation that we had. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you. My pleasure.
0: All right. We'll be back next week on The Mom Show.